0: Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Southerton, Pennsylvania. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Brothers and sisters, we are blessed to be able to gather again uh, together freely, to lift our hearts uh, together in prayer. To be to be ju- uh, joined together in communion with Christ himself with the Theotokos and all the Saints uh, like the heart the deer we have pictured up here panting for the streams of living water we all know deep within ourselves that we must be continually returning to this stream this fountain to Christ to water and soften uh, our souls that have become parched and cracked with the, heart, the with the heat of the passions the sins and distractions of the world <coughs> we all know deep within ourselves that we need each other that being a christian is not an individualistic affair we know that when we are incorporated into christ made a partaker of his very person and life that that makes us participants in one another as well our lives are interconnected at the deepest level in the eternity of Christ's own divine person. This is what St. Paul is reminding us of this morning. Uh, the verse is just before where the lesson, the epistle lesson started. Uh, St. Paul says this, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another we must truly take this to heart to keep it as the guiding principle of everything we do the church is a continuation of Christ's incarnation and so our lives as Christians both individually and as a body are an ongoing proclamation of the gospel we are the continuing incarnation of the word the logos uh, to the world, we are all Theotoki, God-bearers, called to the same ministry as Our Lady, the Theotokos. And I can tell you that this, uh, this deep sense of communion that we have in, in the Orthodox uh, Church does uh, indeed constitute a major difference from many, most of the other expressions of Christianity on offer in our in our world today church for us is not just an add-on to our personal relationship with Christ or with God a voluntary association that is good but not necessary uh, something God gives us just for us to be affirmed in our own individual faith we have a communion that is not exchangeable for an emotional experience or for a solidarity in a social or political cause or for an intellectual doctrinal system, for styles and preferences, say of worship, for a common background or heritage, or for for physical structures, we have a communion that transcends words or purely interpersonal interactions. We are bound together and we are to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, as Paul says in Ephesians 4. As St. Paul tells us in the epistle for today, God, uh, perhaps with a uh, good sense of humor, has given us ample opportunity to work on this because he has made us all different. He has given us gifts, uh, severally, that is, according to each person. This is important, too, to our understanding of what it means to be the church. God has fashioned the church in such a way that we cannot, must not, set the individual person uh, in opposition to the, the corporate body of the church or vice versa. All that means is that the scandal of the incarnation carries on into the life of the church itself. Christ did not come as an idea or a concept of God. He became incarnate at a particular time and place in fulfillment of a particular story, God's covenant history with Israel, and forced people to reckon with the particular. Christ's incarnate body was particular. It was here, not there. He did not enter into history in, in history uh, in the incarnation in the 21st century in the, in the West. He entered in the fullness of time 2,000 years ago. So we also must reckon with each other in particular you are a christ bearer a god bearer i cannot dismiss you for if i do i am dismissing christ and thus myself for our lives are hidden together with christ in god as paul says in colossians what god has given you he has given to me to us through you what god has given me is little, little something perhaps, uh, he has really given to you. I hope we see how serious this is. Sorting this out is the primary occupation for our lives in the church, to be continually entering into fuller communion with one another, being knit together in love, as Paul again says in Colossians 2, in a way that honors and celebrates the many varied splendor of those within Christ's body. Let us note uh, one other aspect of St. Paul's picture of the church here in Romans 12, and that is intensity and excellence. What God has given us to do, according to our particular gifts, and generally as Christians, we are to do with intensity and excellence. As we offer our bodies and lives as living sacrifices, we are to bring the best some of paint, uh, st paul's words paint a picture here of uh, a bubbling cauldron or a boiling pot with the lid rattling on top uh, that's just about to spill over and that is how we are to view our life and ministry towards one another and thank god i, I see so much of that in our parish here uh, i i might make a a shameless nod to my wife kate for her labors with the. Uh, vacation church school which I see behind the scenes so we're, I see that and where I, I feel very blessed we are truly blessed as a parish uh, for the excellence and intensity that we bring to the ministry here we might even think in terms of a holy competition uh, the translation of the archdiocese for uh, Romans 12 verse 10 says love one another with brotherly affection that's Philadelphia right? the, the Greek word Philadelphia and outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Uh, I recall in my reading about the the Desert Fathers that at times the monks would informally, I'm sure, enter into a kind of competition in their ascetic rigor. Who can eat the fewest lentils a day or or a week? Uh, Now it would be easy for that to devolve into some sort of uh, spiritual pride or one-upsmanship. Uh, especially for someone as immature as me Uh, but on the other hand would it be so bad if we being grounded in in love and humility were to compete in well-doing. We might just start to break even (laughs) in our our pushback against the, the darkness, the minimalism, the shallowness and stupidity of so much that is swirling around us in our world Viewing the gospel lesson this morning in this light, we see in the healing of the the paralytic, a wonderful picture of the people of God as a body. This paralytic who cannot move or heal himself, cannot complete himself, is brought to Christ in and through others. Jesus sees their faith, and the man is saved in body and soul. We see the same dynamic that uh, subdeacon David noted last week in regard to the garrison demoniac, that the paralytic is not the only one who is paralyzed here. There is a spiritual sickness in the body of God's people, and the person with the physical ailment becomes a symbol of the person or group with the spiritual ailment who needs the spiritual healing that is being represented physically. Just as Isaiah prophesied centuries before, Israel is paralyzed, sitting in exile, but her God has appeared in Christ to lead her on the royal way of freedom back to the promised land. Isaiah 35: Be glad thou thirsty desert, let the wilderness exalt in the flower and flower as the lily, and the desert places of Jordan shall blossom and rejoice. The glory of Lebanon has been given to, us, uh, to it and the honor of Carmel and my people shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of God. Be strong, ye relaxed hands and paralyzed knees. Comfort one another, ye faint-hearted. Be strong, fear not. Behold, our God renders judgment, and he will render it. He will come and save us. Then shall the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf sh- shall hear. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, as a deer. And the tongue of the stammerers shall speak plainly. For water has burst forth in the desert, and a channel of water in a thirsty land. And the dry land shall become pools, and a fountain of water shall be poured into the thirsty land. There shall be joy of birds, ready habitations, and marshes. The Jewish scribes correctly discern the, the implications of this whole scene. Uh, Christ Jesus forgiving sin something only God can do Um, but their spiritual knees are paralyzed they are not able to make the journey out of exile to embrace Christ as their God but for us I think it would be a healthy thought experiment to ask in today's world what would the offense or offenses at Jesus work today be I think the main problem many, though of course no one here would have, is that the man was identified and named in terms of his problem. I can perfectly imagine a contemporary observer skipping completely over the fact uh, of a miraculous healing taking offense at language. How dare you call the man a paralytic? Are you suggesting there's actually a problem here? That's that's essentializing rhetoric. Yeah. If you don't know what that means, that yeah, that's great. Um, more, moreover, to to the claim to forgive sin. Power to forgive sin? What is sin? According to whose definition? Are you suggesting that there is some reality, some standard, some norm outside of myself that I did not choose, to which I am in fact accountable? The whole way of thinking and discoursing in our contemporary culture call it political correctness if you will is directed at preventing us from correctly and precisely identifying our ailments and thus not only keeping us from basic healing salvation but also from excellence it would be as if the paralytic's friends and family said you're fine you know the way you are you don't have a problem god accepts you the way you are just let it go for analogy, if I have a bad back, does the rest of my body say, that's okay? We'll just carry on as if nothing is wrong because we don't want you to feel judged. No, my body wants me to get adjusted so that the body can function properly together. What is true for the body of society is true even more intensely for the church, a body that refuses to identify and treat its sicknesses or refuses to accept the idea that there are even, that there even are sicknesses, will soon perish. This is why the church, which is a hospital for souls, cannot in any way countenance some sort of negotiation of terms with the world. uh, Where we, however subtly, let a language and a standard outside of the church get its foot in the door, such that we start to respond or react defensively. No, the life of the church is particular because it follows the incarnation. Because it is particular, and yet claims also to be universal, it is also necessarily a scandal. And it will be the focus of perpetual attacks to get its mind right. We will always be the stick in the mud We will never be cool. We will seem to the world to be the paralytic, but by God's grace, we will be at salvation. Through the prayers of St. Philip and all the saints. Amen. Amen. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, visit us online at st-philip.net.